You're listening to the best of the TomBernardShow.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. everybody to yet another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you as always by brad shaw and bryant kicking off the show this week we had comedian monroe martin in studio and tom was stirring the pot as usual next on the best of I like this. This is like the least black music you can find. I'll wait till next hour. I'll throw it back You. Um, two reasons that I that I asked it, because I really did want to hear your opinion on the whole situation. Another thing is my whole life I've been poking the bear. I just love to do that. I love to stir the pot. Yeah. So I just pictured in my mind four white people locked in a room with two black men. So uh-huh. I thought, what do you think of the whole black and white situation? Just to make them uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, no, that's what do you fine. Think? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, know, I'm with it. no, no. Like we're going to hawk out? No. no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm a, no, I'm talking, like talking about them, others. not you. Oh, they're fine. He's sitting by the door. <laughs> <laughs> Steve ready. Steve like just in case. Steve's ready to go. Steve moved away from the camera. That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you move away from the camera? Get in the camera, Steve. Uh, Come on, that. Steve. Most people don't want to be on the camera. I'm on the camera. Even Get I don't want to be on the camera, but I don't have a choice. What's up, y'all? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, was nothing wrong with that. It all works out in the end. But I, I just, you know, once again, I, I and I'll move on from that. But I, I am very, very proud of people like you who go through this. You move from place to place to place to place. You didn't 
didn't give up. You kept fighting. You're very successful now. I think it's wonderful. And more people like you need to be brought, uh, you know, you should you should be on the Tonight Show going, look, don't give up. I think it's wonderful. Mm. Many people get wrapped up in the whole negativity, having just happy outlook on life. I mean, yeah. you'll definitely go through the ups and downs of that, but too, sure, much, sure. too much dope stuff has happened to me as an adult for me to, like, regret going through what I went mm. through. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of appreciate yeah, I, what I wonderful. went through. Because I'm like, I'm married now. My wife is dope as hell. Can I say that? Yes. Real. Yeah. Like, Where'd you meet her? I met her at a comedy club. She didn't even want oh, me. Oh, you did? Yeah. She didn't even want me. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. I was a punishment. Her her friends, my wife was oh. Colombian, and her friends was like, hey, you're ruining the time. If you don't, like, drink and have fun, we're going to make you talk to that big black guy on stage. And she... <laughs> And she drank the beer, and they still made her talk to me. And now we're married. Yeah. Four years later, I'm in there. <laughs> I will tell you one thing, Monroe. If she's Colombian, you better not make her mad. Oh, I'm just no. telling you. I don't make her mad. She's little and feisty. My wife is like, yeah. she like wants to fight everybody. I'm wow. like, she does. Like, everybody. She wants to fight everybody. If we're in the car, she's like, somebody cut her off. She's ready to scrap. We walking through the mall, and they like brush past her too quick. She wants to scrap. So I'm like the calm one in a relationship. I'm it like, sounds like hey, your mother, like, Andy. Ooh. It does. <laughs> oh, oh, God. My wife, yeah. honest to God, she will... She'll start fist fights. It's unbelievable. <laughs> because you're a big dude, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. They feel safe. They feel <laughs> safe. To, it feels like they got an Iron Man suit on. For real. <laughs> Women that's very who, true. Yeah, small women who date big dudes feel protected. So they're like, what? That's <laughs> very true. So I dare you, right? Very we're true. like the pit bull. We're like the bull mastiff in the yard. Like, what's up? I would never do that with Andy. Andy. Yeah. No? No. He wouldn't fight. No, nah, he's like, ah. No, Andy's not calm. a fighter. I'm not a fighter. Andy's not a fighter. I would be the one no, fighting. That's true. Yeah. 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 But I'm he seems like He seems like he still gets you out of the situation alive. Huh? Uh, probably. Yeah. Let's probably. talk this Why out. Why can't we be <laughs> He'd probably be the one, honey, you need to calm down. <laughs> Otherwise, we're all going to get killed. <laughs> no, me and my Honest wife will, will. I'll say calm down. I, I won't. Excuse me, I have to I'm trying to like force it down. Like, no, not yet. I, I will never tell my wife to calm down in front of people. No. Yeah. yeah. No. Like if somebody, like if she's like going off, I got to take her side, but while also de escalating it. But I won't be like, calm down, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I'm divorced. Yeah. Yeah. No, That's because, what happened. Because you told her to calm down. Babe, calm down. Don't tell me to calm Don't down. Don't tell me to calm yeah. down. <laughs> They don't like that. Mm. Nope. You know, then it turns around on you, and then now you're. <laughs> no. Well, that's good. true. I Divorce just the child support later. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Take notes. No yeah. child support for me. I told her that. I was like, if it don't work out, we're still going to have to stay stuck under this roof. It's about how it's said, no. the calm yeah. down thing. Yeah. If you say, would you just calm down? Like, no, don't there's, say it like that. But there's no real re- real way to tell a woman to calm down without her getting mm-hmm. upset. Because all you're really hearing is calm down. You're hearing a command. And the last thing yeah. you want is right. to be told right. to do something while you're already emotional. Yeah, that's true. So I just play well, dead. The- I just don't say nothing. Play dead. <laughs> I just play dead. I was like... <laughs> okay, well, you yeah. know. 
Why is it, though, like if I would say to Catherine, why don't you just take it easy, right? That's how I would say yeah. it to her. But when she says it to me, she goes, calm the F down. <laughs> I mean, wow. you talk about a command. Yeah. Oh, you know, she, you've seen her do that to me beforehand. Yeah. You just calm the F down. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, dear. Well, what are you going to do, though? Yeah, what are you going to do to your wife for real? See? Nothing. Exactly. That's what I can say. <laughs> I go, See? Once again, the safety of knowing that the weapon won't turn against them. <laughs> You know what she said to me today? Because we're watching the news today, and Joe Biden's on there, and, and he's, you know they're asking me if he should Uncle apologize Joe. or whatever the situation. Creepy Uncle Joe, Joe I yeah. feel I feel sorry for him though. I don't think he meant any harm. I really don't. I think he's just a Look, creepy I'm, guy, and he doesn't yeah. mean to be, but he is. he's just a hugger. Yeah, I, don't think he means yeah. I, I yeah, think he he's I think he's comfortable with being in uh, women's personal space, just probably because. You know, like, who's going to say something to Uncle Joe? Like, if Uncle Joe right, come up behind right. you and grab your waist, are you really going to fight him off? He also grew up in a different generation, too. Yeah, where yes. they can yes, grab your did. waist. Yes, he did. Yeah. Chivalry was also... Chivalry was kind of creepy. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah. 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 When chivalry <laughs> was like, I'm going to hold your hand and I was scrolling through a Facebook yeah. post the other day, and a lady was, was upset because uh, some guy walked by her and put his hand on the small of her back. Yeah. And she was, like, complaining about it. And, and that's, like, she had an army of women behind him, yeah. or behind Behind yeah. her, who were like, don't ever do that. That's horrible. Yeah. It's like I know someone who's <laughs> like know. that. He's, what do you say to that? I know. Yeah. I'm yeah. not trying to touch you. Sexually. Everyone knows someone yeah. who's just like really touchy, but they don't mean anything by it. They're just like that. Right. But if it's somebody yeah, I mean, you know versus somebody like a stranger, if it's a stranger just walking up, putting his hand on the small of your back, you gotta get upset. Well, would you have somebody put your hand on the small of your back if you don't know the person, or like directly on your shoulder? You know what uh, I mean? Like, I don't I, know. I, I would expect to get punched if I do that to somebody. Did but, you see my reaction? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 you know me, you know. <laughs> but what if you touch the small of your back, the intimate part of your back? The yeah. small of your back is very intimate, man. Nobody does that and thinks about it that way. I do. Like if oh. you rub, if you rub my, the only person who like touches the small of my back is my wife and women who try to flirt with me. Whenever, like, oh my god, you're so funny. That's hand on the back. Could uh. you try to see what I'm working with? You like trying to see if I got like anything hanging? Like you like, is he fat? Is he in shape? Yeah, you touch the small of my back, we scrapping. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know women touched the smalls of men's backs. I thought that was a reverse You're talking thing. about women. No, <laughs> women, women are creepy too. We act like men are creeps. Women are creeps. I've been on the road long enough. A middle-aged woman is like oh, three yeah. Harvey Weinsteins. <laughs> Saying women can't be creepy. I just didn't know that was like a thing for women to do. I thought oh, it was yeah. the reverse. No, women get the women get crazy. They smell the. I got a woman smell like the my neck. I was at like a ooh. casino show ooh. and she gave me a hug and she smelled my neck. She's like, "Ooh, you smell so good." <laughs> I was like, Thanks, I appreciate it. The difference is when a woman does it, it doesn't become national news. Right. No, right. we don't snitch. Men don't snitch. <laughs> we take Some the compliment. Like We're soldiers. <laughs> we, you know what I mean? We, we keep it moving. We take the compliment yeah. and we keep yes. moving. Yeah. But, I mean... I do and, smell good. And that was mm-hmm. part of... <laughs> And that is part of yes, the great do. area of the Me Too movement because yeah. um, people like Joe Biden don't think he's flirting, don't think he's being no. over aggressive or attacking or anything. He just thinks he's just mm-hmm. just being, being charming. It's right. a part of his charm. His his mm-hmm. intimacy is a part of his charm, and you know what I mean. It worked. Like everybody yep. loved yeah, him it for it, but now that he's running again, they're like, ah, oh, he touched me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Let's get rid of him. He yeah, did it. I, I, the problem I got with the whole thing is this is a man, Joe Biden, who lost his wife, his mm-hmm. daughter, and one of his sons. Man, I can have a little empathy for this man. He's he suffered a lot in yeah. his family life. So I yeah. got no problem with it. You want to come up and put your arm around me? Good. You know, it's a kind of interesting. I think Andy and Cassie will tell you this, that women and black men hug me. Yeah. Why is that? Because you do. feel safe. You're huggable. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You probably have like a good aura around you where you just make people feel comfortable and they feel like, you know what I mean? I hope so. Probably because in Minnesota, the white men are all German or Scandinavian and they don't hug. They don't hug. Well, that's true. That is is very, very true. In the South, JB, you're not a hugger, though. JB's not a hugger. I can be, but I would have to know you and whatnot because I I respect other people's space and my own space. Yeah, you do. You do. You yeah. got to earn that hug. You, you got to get a space. championship. In my own space. <laughs> you want a hug from JB, you better run some suicides. You better bring home that trophy if you want a hug JB. Well, it, it, it was a thing where my female athletes did not get a hug from me until their senior year was over, turned in their equipment. And then they get And I asked them if they wanted it or not because I I like just, you just didn't want to get in trouble. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah. And I, you had all the cameras that. on just to make sure. <laughs> and you were mic'd up just um, uh, like, look, you see me ask permission. You gotta have a body cam yeah. on. <laughs> you need to sign this That's consent true, yeah. waiver. We should all just wear body yeah. cams. It's now. going to get there. You don't think the, you don't think so? It'll happen. I You're right. Sure. I'm sure. You're right. Honestly, I think it should. With all these like crazy accusations, Dude, yeah, it should. They tested it with cops. They're going to put it on mailmen next. Guarantee you, people who deliver our packages will also wear body cams. Probably. Right. Yeah. You're and right. Then You're Anybody, right. anybody who does some sort of civil service will have to wear body cams. And we wear body cams because we have our cell phone out and we're documenting everything. Yeah. But I got yeah, Look true. at me. Look what I'm eating. They're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, like, all right. Well, yeah, they made them now. Yeah. I mean, they made them now for your car so that you can, like. Oh, everybody's got one. Yeah. See if you, like, if you, if an accident is caused, there's proof on what happened. Yeah. You know, all that. So why not put yeah. it on person? Huh? I think kind of my glad they didn't have body cams when I was a kid. Uh, there, was a, there was a lot of dirty stuff going on when you were younger, so oh, they didn't man, need those body so cams. Glad. Yeah. Oh, it would have been, Monroe would have been terrible. The, thing, the things that we did as, as, and we didn't mean anything by it. It's just, you know, have a few have a few drinks and act like a total jackass. Yep. That's all. Right. I, I mean, I, we didn't never attack anybody or any of that. That's not what I'm talking about, but, you know. It's no, just I get it. Just having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah, young, you know, getting drunk. Yeah, throwing up, partying. I get it. <laughs> There'd be plenty of. Uh, that's right. Mon- Monroe just said basically, Tom, if they had body cams when you were a kid, it'd be a lot of you throwing up. Yeah. That's what it would be. <laughs> okay, well, I can accept that. I understand that completely. I don't I, I just, I love having conversations like this because maybe all these people that think they know because their college professor told them this is how people are, yeah. they would realize that's not how people are. Not that, at all. That you is the problem, too. Yeah. Is they, it is. They Absolutely. learn how people are from a college professor who yeah. was born into a rich family, lives in a college subsidized house, gets paid $300,000 to teach. Yeah. He, he's never actually met a person in his life, but 
yeah. yet he's no, supposed to be the expert on people. Yeah. yeah, I wish they wouldn't do that. You're absolutely right. Just the people <laughs> out there in life are the ones that could teach you how to how to do this, that, and the other thing. When I talk about the fact, you know, my father was gone by the time I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few of the fathers in my neighborhood um, really, t- you know, they were very, very nice to me. And they come up and go, Tom, you're a good kid. Don't worry about it. You'll make it. So I was very, very lucky in that in that way, you know. Because yeah. um, I had good role models. My brother-in-law, my brother was in the, in the Marine Corps in Vietnam, so he wasn't around. But my brother-in-law was a great guy. How about this? My brother-in-law was a guy named Patrick O'Brien who was Irish and Puerto Rican. What do you think mm. of that? So was like, <laughs> I just go, Ugh. What was I'm his trying middle to name? think like Patrick O'Brien. <clears throat> Patrick, yeah. Patrick O'Brien. What was his what, Steve? His middle name. Because uh, I'm looking Rene. for the Puerto Rican uh, influence there. Rene. That's, you know, I don't that's know if more, Rene that's Rene there. That's French, yeah. <laughs> that is oh, French, Christ. yeah. You know what? Yeah. A, a very funny comic named Ricky Velez. He is mixed. He is Irish and uh, Puerto Rican. That's hilarious. There you go. Yeah. See, there you go. The man did have a temper, I will tell you that. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> of course. Irish and Puerto Rican. Uh, that's a, a lot of anger right there. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him though. He was a, he was a hell of a guy. It's just you know, of all the all the foster homes you were in, did you have people that that really tried to work with you to show you the right way to do things? In other words, this is how a, a man really acts. This is how people who actually care about uh, other people act. Were you taught? I never or did you just learned that, that by yourself. I didn't get that in the home. I learned through my friends. Oh, okay, and like uh, yeah, and people I would like be around outside the home. I live with a lot of like older women like older single moms who are like 60 and up like i probably live okay. with like maybe like two families tops and they had kids of their own and they were just there for the money so they just was like they had to foster kids oh, because yeah. you know what i mean it helped out with the bills so the more i stayed out the house the better so a lot of yeah. the knowledge that i have now was stuff that i thought about in my head just like walking the streets attention. by myself you know what i mean yep. or like just yep. conversations so i would say a lot of like my mentality is like put together it's like frankenstein from like things that i thought <laughs> yeah. about and things that i like gather from like talking to people but no i never really had anybody who's just like men act like this and women do this they was just smoking right. cigarettes and be like pass me that chicken out of the freezer <laughs> <laughs> don't even warm it up i'm just gonna eat it like yeah <laughs> best of the tom bernard podcast very superstitious Monroe Martin on the best of. Coming up next, Kristen Burt was on the show, as was Doc Basham, the Hackmaster, talking a little bit about golf and other stuff. Next. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, did you see the Nigerian official making the bizarre pizza claim? Have you oh, guys yeah. heard about this? <laughs> it's hilarious. I won't even try to do the accent because I can't do a Nigerian accent. But he's like, there are things happening in Nigeria that I just don't understand. You have several very wealthy Nigerians ordering their pizza from London. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? They're having pizza delivered from London to Nigeria. <laughs> First of all, I got a tip off for you. If you're going to go that far, why don't you get your pizza from Italy? That's true. Right? Yeah. Or, I mean, it would be much more delicious. Well, not to mention, I think so. 
apparently there are over 50 pizzerias in Nigeria, one of including Domino's. So you can get your own there pizza are? there. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Why so, would they order it from London? Just because they can do it? Is that why they would do it, Andy? I think the answer is they didn't, and this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Oh, you think he's just making it up? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. By the time it, it got really to you, it would claim. be cold and old, so, you know... I can yeah, I can think. see if it's like, you know, people spend a lot of money on dumb stuff to show everyone that they can, but that doesn't include food that's past its prime by the time it gets to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's very, very true. But he did pronounce the word correctly, which I was, because it's not actually pronounced pizza, it's pronounced pizza. Yeah, it's actually pronounced pizza. But they go pizza. In it's Napoli? Pizza. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he did pronounce the word properly, and he's very, very upset that they're ordering pizzas to be delivered in Nigeria from London. <laughs> what? But, yeah, Andy, if they've got pizzerias in, in Nigeria, why would they do this? Just other than the fact that, look, look, I, I'm that big a deal that I can do this. Is that why they're doing it, you think? I guess, yeah. That's the only thing that makes I any guess. sense. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's unbelievable. Uh, Kristen... I gotta run this by you now. The second article just popped up on my screen: the top twenty ugliest celebrities ever, and now the top fifteen ugliest celebrities ever. I don't know who the woman is on the first one, but the woman on the second one is what's her face from uh, Sex in the City? What's her name? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah, just Sarah Jessica Parker is is uh, one of the top fifteen ugliest. But if I hit on that, Andy, if I click on that, is that going to run me in a bunch of garbage? Probably yes. Yeah, see, I don't need that. I just really don't need to be. It's not ugly. Well, they said I didn't say it. Don't try. Don't get that tone with me, sister. Like I said it. Well, you that's rude. Botched bl- plastic <laughs> surgery can it. make you very ugly, though. And sure a lot of can, them, yeah. they, you know, they made a living off of being pretty and young. And now that they're not pretty and young anymore, they're going to extremes to get that back. That's right. But so, you can't. So yeah, you can't. And so you. So it's it's like, uh, oh. You know, so many, some of the celebrities get really good uh, uh, surgery. They look great until they're 70 or 80 or 90. Yeah. And others get bad yeah. stuff. So they don't look better. They look different. Yes. And they're talked to, oh, well, let's make you look different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's just, just Jane bizarre. Fonda looks great. That's right. That, and exactly. Oh, look she how, looks phenomenal. Look how, and she may have had three or four facelifts. That's, and there's nothing wrong with that. But she looks great because someone's really given her good care and mm-hmm. a natural physical appearance. And she looks wonderful. Uh, but you can... There's a thousand others that just look, oh, man, what yeah. happened to you? Who are you? You know, i got to be honest with you. I really Kenny do Rod- love our listeners to this show. Oh, Kenny Rogers looks horrible. Sure does. <laughs> God, he's scary looking. I just, got a, uh, I just got a message, an audio message from one of our listeners to the uh, family podcast here. All it says is, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> That's cold right there. Is she a nice person? That's terrible. I've never interviewed Bond. her because um, oh, she's on, on the East Coast, so I don't encounter her all oh. that much here on the West Coast. Yeah, she's lived in New York for years. Has her husband killed anybody recently? Oh, that yeah, that you know why does that Ireland story get buried so much? It really he killed two people driving drunk, and hardly anybody knows about it. That is so I know about that's it. bizarre. Yeah, I knew about it too. Um, also. Cassie, if there's any way we can get Rick Riley on the show, uh, he's going to be on the KQ Morning Show. Whoa. You know, I knew th- I knew that Kristen would get a- arrested sooner or later. <laughs> Are they coming to get you, sister? They must was that, be. Was it's that? outside, and 
my it's really loud. It's, my yeah. door is shut. So my windows are shut. That was, that was really loud. Um, yeah, there if, must if have we been can like book four Rick. Yeah, sounded like it. If we can book uh, Rick Riley, he's going to be on the KQ Morning Show, but I'd love to have him on this show as well. Commander in Cheat, How Golf Explains Trump. Donald Trump cheats at golf every time he plays. There's a book out about it. <laughs> a whole book. Okay, oh, an yeah. entire book. Sad. An entire book about someone cheating at golf. That's pretty crazy. That's not surprising. Yeah, Come on, with his ego, he wants to, you know that he's like, this is my handicap, and it's something totally different. Tom, you yeah. played a lot of golf. You've yes. known guys that cheat all the time, right? Uh, I would say 90% of people who play golf cheat. Yeah, it's not like some new thing. There are 10% of people that are good at it, and the other 90% cheat. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Did Kim Jong-il, uh, <laughs> did he cheat when he got uh, got a score of 18? No, that was all legit. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he, he holed out from 550 <laughs> yards. What do you want from Man, the guy? Can, can you imagine the drinks you'd have to buy? Man, he, he probably still oh. pay, his son's probably paying that off. Probably true. Yeah, he he, what else, he he claimed that he shot an 18 on a golf course and then something else. What else did he claim he did? That was just outrageous. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what the other one was. Three, uh, 300, else. 300 bowling? Uh, no, you could <laughs> do that. 300 bowling? There we go. God, I won't. That's pretty hard to cheat at, though. Kim Jong-il and his amazing achievements. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> That's very funny. What do you got, Andy? Uh, oh, yeah. He learned to walk at three weeks and was talking at three eight weeks. weeks. Three weeks. He was talking at eight weeks. <laughs> walking at three weeks, talking at eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Oh, oh that's yeah. And great. when he was born, there was a double rainbow and a new star appeared in the sky. Oh. Absolutely. When he was born. He yep, wrote, I, I knew that happened. He's written six full operas <laughs> and 1,500 six. books. Wow. <laughs> Oh, he's written fifteen hundred hundred books. Yeah, really good. Really Did he write uh, Commander in Cheat? Maybe I should change it from Rick Riley to Kim Jong Il. Mm. Oh, that's hilarious. He learned to walk at three weeks and talk at eight weeks. Is that how it was? Yeah. God, that's amazing. It's impressive. No question. That's really impressive when you think of it. You know what I mean? What do you think? How big does your ego have to be bucks? to say that stuff? I know. Or how little well, does your have to be well, to say that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I don't know. Uh, colluding with Russia, the special counsel says no. Cheating at golf, well, that's something else. From pulling a fast one on Tiger Woods to exaggerating his handicap, Donald Trump's alleged misdeeds on and around the golf course are the subject of a new book by former Sports Illustrated columnist Rick Riley, Commander-in-Cheat, How Golf Explains Trump. Riley documents dozens of examples of underhanded golf behavior by the president, transgressions talked about by pro golfers and duffers alike. In golf, he's definitely not exonerated, Riley told the AP. There have been dozens and dozens of people that can declare him guilty of cheating. Outside of formal tournaments, golf is a game of honor in which individual players act as their own referees, keep their own scores, and assess themselves penalties for rule violations, says Riley. I don't know much about politics, but I know golf and Trump's cheating really offended me, not as a voter as a citizen, just as a golfer. Rick, I I highly doubt that it offended you. I would say 90% of people cheat on their handicap alone. Some say it's higher than it is, and others say it's lower than it is, which I guess would be the antithesis of cheating, wouldn't it? Because you're basically just cheating yourself if you claim to be better than you are. That's right. Right? That's true, actually. So if you're going to make money betting, you you should make your handicap high. 
So Yeah, but I think Donald Trump does the exact opposite. See, I know people that play golf with him, like Rocco Mediate plays golf with him. And I know other people that play golf with him. They said, yeah, he does cheat. There's no question about that. But so do 90% of all golfers. I know many, many people that cheat at golf. I know some good golfers who don't. I don't well, understand the, thi- the concept of a golf handicap. It's to even the playing field. So when you're playing in tournaments, you all can um, you can compete with better golfers. Yeah, yeah I mean, right? isn't the point For- of a tournament to show who's best, not who's best if you mess with the scores? <laughs> yeah, but the, you you would literally have the same three people winning all the tournaments, which you in, do in, anyway. Uh, not in not in professional golf, but in uh, recreational golf, uh, the same people would win the tournaments every time. Yeah, I mean, so if you're a mediocre golfer who only gets to go out once or twice a week, yeah, you know, well then they should just have leagues like every other sport. Well, they do, but then there's tournament plays too, and I I don't know. I, 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 golf is complicated. It's it's interesting that it's the only sport in which you can adjust your score to be better than it actually was. Mm, Yeah, that's true. That is that part is very true because it's a game, really. Right? Yeah, that is. Yeah. 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 Riley writes, the, well, it's not a, it's not a, well, I suppose there are people that go see professional golfers, but you don't have, you don't have fans in, on the course watching you as a, right. as a, as an amateur golfer. Yeah. Unless it's your family or something like that. I love this line. Riley writes, the caddies got so used to seeing him kick his ball back onto the fairway, they came up with a nickname for him Pele, the world's greatest soccer player from Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> They called him Pele. I love that. Yeah, I, I look, I know some people. I don't know them really well, but they're kind of friends of friends. Very wealthy people. Uh, and none of them will do business with Donald Trump because he loves to screw over his partners in business deals. It's very well known that he loves to screw people out of money. But yeah. and so did a lot of other billionaires. Yeah, sounds you like know. a wealthy businessman. Yeah, there are a couple in Minnesota that all, they, they love the United States. <clears throat> no, you're absolutely right. But also, it's like saying Barack Obama could play basketball. He was—he is the least athletic president in the history of the United States. He was a terrible basketball I player. They kept Trump. talking. Trump is the least athletic. Look at his body type. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah uh, it's your true. No, we yeah. we haven't had a great list of uh, athletic presidents no. now. I mean, no. you're no. We're all forgetting we can, we about can... one very obvious exception: Taft. Ooh. Yeah. Well, he weighed about 400. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a sprinter, Andy. He was yeah. a world-class sprinter at 400 pounds. I heard he has a 12-foot vertical jump. <laughs> and then when he lands, everyone else falls over so he can dunk again. That's exactly right. The impact on the earth is so great yeah. when he lands. <laughs> That's not very nice, but, now, is it? But how many other uh, uh, president golfers have cheated? I mean, all uh, of them. Really, all I, of them. I would like. Yeah. Oh, I would probably like, all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. You know, they've cheated, or they, you know, and and when you talk about cheating, you know, I'd kick my. If you want, if you want to have a good time, yeah. Why, why you? But if you want to have a good time playing golf, why are you keeping score? What is the point of this? Uh, that is this no. Term? That's true. You know, you, you're, well, I'm in the rough. Yeah. I don't want to be in the rough. I'm gonna hit off the fairway, you kick it in there, you and take it. You know, you just don't bother with the score. You just have a good time. Enjoy the. Enjoy right. The game. That's why. Just, right. That's why all games should just be best ball. Yeah, you're right about that. You just that. play with some friends, and Pretty whoever much. hits a good shot, you just go. You all go from that location well, and hit. Mulligans are a good thing. Yeah. yeah, mulligans work. I, look, and unless you're playing for money, play however you want to play, but don't yeah, try to claim that you shot you know, 77 when you really shot 97. 
That'd be good. Well, there's just all that ego involved with your name on a plaque, and then they post everybody's name yeah. and what their handicaps are. So right, it's like, right. you're, you know, it's like, it's just all ego. Are we up against the clock, Andy? How much time? A minute and a half. Yeah, I thought so. I just wanted to make sure that I, I had that right. Um, yeah, so that's, look, Rocco Mediate is a professional golfer. He plays on the Champions Tour, and in order for me to play him heads up, I'd have to get 22 strokes from him because I'm about an 18, I'm about a, you know an 18 handicap, and he's a plus four. So if I'm going to play him competitively or play him for money, he would have to give me 22 strokes. You know, that's just how the game is. And he'd probably still beat me because I'd fall apart at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah, the best I ever got, I think, I, I, I don't know, I was probably a, like an eight for a very brief period of time when I was playing constantly. But I never got any better than that. And eight, eight is not really that good. It's okay, but it's not that good. Uh, you know, like Kendall was a scratch, or is or was a scratch golfer, I know, for many, many years. Osgard's a pretty damn good player. There are a lot of players that, uh, that I played golf with. They're, they're very damn good players. So, you know, you like people to have fun, but at the same time. So, like I said, I don't know that a book had to come about, a, <laughs> about how Donald Trump cheats at golf. Yeah, I know he did. But I'm going to talk to Rick Riley on Thursday, there's, I think, on the morning show. We'll try to get him on this show, too. That'd be there's great. A, there's a website called Quora. Mm-hmm. It says that Obama's handicap ahead of his 300th round as president was an honest 13. No way. There's no way he was a 13. Well, Not a chance. That's what this site I saw does. him swing a golf club. He looks like, uh, oh, God, who's the round mound to rebound again? Charles Barkley. You ever seen Charles Barkley swing a golf club? <laughs> No. It is the <laughs> oddest looking thing you've ever seen in your time. It's just weird the way he swings a golf club. Yeah, there's no way Obama and was Trump, a Trump. They're saying yeah. is like a seven point eight. Yeah, seven point eight. My ass. Okay, that. Well, then I'm then I'm a plus two. Okay, <laughs> if he's a seven point eight, I'm a plus two. All right, Kristen. Another great week where you just tore me apart. I'm deeply <laughs> hurt. Oh yes, so brutal. <laughs> Good oh yes. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Sounds good. Have a good Excellent. week. You too. Thanks very much. Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood reporter for The Family Podcast. We'll be right back. Hour two with The Family. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let it be? Kristen Burton, Doc Basham, talking a little golf, hence the, the Candy Shack reference, Kenny Loggins. Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the old vault, all the way back to March 5th, 2015, episode 632 with Paul Morrissey, next. Paul is with Which, us now. There were some guys. Oh, Paul is with us now? Yep, just so you know. But I brought up the fact that uh, it would be ironic if uh, a Dayton would be the one driving Target out of the state of Minnesota since yeah. the Dayton family founded Target. But uh, And then all these people, oh, you're a hack. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my God, you're so uninformed. Yeah? Well, why won't the chairman get together with them then? So you can kiss my tailbone, bitch.
Okay. Mm, back to that again. There Andy, you you're up. <laughs> <laughs> is Paul Paul's in studio? He is. Paul Morrissey. <laughs> He's frozen. I'm waiting. I don't know if I'm supposed to wait for a for a green light or do I come through the curtain now? You do whatever you want to do, man. I love the fact that you and Philip Wise got in an argument about you playing basketball against Kevin Hart this morning. <laughs> it's so easy to argue with Philip, though. It is, but it's it's probably the fifth, the fifth or sixth time in the last month that somebody has mentioned something about basketball to me, and then, oh, you're a comedian. You know, Kevin Hart's really good at basketball, <laughs> <laughs> and so I just. I just started getting agitated. It's like, what what publicity machine do I need to uh, I love that. to let people, everyone will start saying that about me? <laughs> I just, I love that. I really do. I love the whole thing. Uh, what's great about Philip is Philip is not a racist. He's also not a big fan of white people. Oh, yeah. he's not a racist. No, no, I'm serious about that. By what the if way, I'm too. really white? Like I'm old, I'm well, old like, fashioned white. That, <laughs> Paul, that was the problem with you today is the fact that not only you're white, you kind of have red hair, and that really pisses them off that oh, you're good at basketball. See, now you're gonna make me leave. This is, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna drive you out. This is you're only the second person to ever say that to me, and you know who the other one is? Your mother, Ari Shafir. Oh, Ari, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, who, Ari. for a Jewish guy, any <laughs> any hair that's light seems red to them. So. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, one, when you, it, I just from the publicity picture that that they sent me, it must have been a red light on your hair then, because are you blondish? It looks it's, reddish to me. It is reddish. Tiny yeah, little, my hair's been blonde. You're for blonde. Thirty years. I would say you're blonde. Well, yeah. but you have a little bit of. Well, it's red. weird because like if I look. Because you're both blonde. Red glitz. But it's like if I look at both of you, it's like you have the same color hair. But then I, like when you came in, I was like. I think it's closer to brown these days than red. Than red. Really? I, I know, know this is riveting as a. <laughs> it really is riveting, Paul. Radio people. <laughs> they can't see it. Paul Morrissey packed. with us, who's at Rick Brown's House of Comedy tonight, <laughs> tomorrow night, Saturday, and a Sunday show as well. But we're talking about Paul's uh, blonde hair, which he thinks is brown, and other people think is red. It's like the dress. I saw a picture of a girl wearing the gold and white version of that dress, and mm-hmm. then a girl wearing the black and brown blue or blue whatever. Or whatever is, yeah. And I was like, which one was it? The actual dress was uh, the black and the black, black and, blue. and blue one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm terrible with Let colors anyway. You are. I white the whole time. Red, orange doesn't is all seen to me. Well, remember Johnny Carson's great joke about Ronald Reagan. No. He came out when Ronald Reagan became president of the United States. And he says, you know, a lot of of people don't realize that being president of the United States is a very stressful job. Because I uh, saw the president, President Reagan, on TV last night. And it's so stressful, his hair is turning prematurely orange. I guess implying that the president might be dying his hair. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> a bit. Now, Paul, you, you're probably too young to really know how great Carson was, aren't you? I mean, do you oh, remember Carson? I used the- to live off the Slauson cutoff. You got to do you ever cut off your Slauson? <laughs> do you remember that one? Yeah. That was my exit. I never Slo- knew that. <laughs> live off the Slauson cutoff, get out of your car, cut off your Slauson. That actually went all the way back to Steve Allen, by the way. Oh, really? Went all Yeah, Steve Allen went all the way back to him. 
Steve Allen was a, a talk show. He was the very first host of The Tonight Show. Right. That people don't realize. And then it was Jack Parr after him. There was one guy who was on for like a week. And I don't remember who that was. But he really screwed up because, you know, then Jack Parr did it and Johnny Carson did it and all the rest of it. But How much would that suck? You get on The Tonight Show and then something you do gets you off there a week later and it's like, you know, the biggest break you could possibly get and you blow it. Talk about regret. That's yeah. Conan. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, it was, how long was that? I think Conan's too busy Four drying his tears with trillion-dollar bills. <laughs> exactly. What's you happening? think that's He's true? Got that TBS money? You think? <laughs> and I and I keep forgetting the guy's name who was on uh, American Idol, but decided that it was uh, wasn't a big enough show for him. <laughs> what was oh, his name right? again? Oh no! no. Yeah. He, well, he knew he was getting pushed off. I think that. Uh, oh, well, cause, see, the story I heard is that he quit. Well, he did, but Seacrest was definitely edging him out. Like he was, oh. he was, he was trying to take over all uh, the because uh, they had two guys, Brian Dunkelman, I think the guy. Brian oh, Dunkelman, yeah. that's yeah. exactly right. And they had two guys hosting it, and Seacrest clearly wanted to like make it his thing. Oh, so, like everything else. Yeah. I think he quit before he uh, got fired, maybe or. I blame. I, I blame Ryan Seacrest for all the world's problems now because he <laughs> gave us the Kardashian family. Yeah, oh, is, yeah, that's is right. He cashing Ugh. in on that cow. He produces like everything on Bravo. Everything. He produces everything now. Really? It's ridiculous. It's amazing. Like everything because I used to have roommates that would watch Bravo all the time and it was like the credits, everything was always Ryan Seacrest. Mm. Like, so, Paul, are you good friends with Ari Shafir? Yeah, we went to. Um, well, as you know, we played on Sean Kemp's kids. Sean Kemp's kids basketball team. Yeah, the, uh, the comedian <laughs> See, basketball. You should explain <laughs> to my wife and my daughter why that's funny. Why is that funny? Yeah, uh, uh, NBA <laughs> basketball players may be a little promiscuous. Maybe I think I've heard that. Yeah. So but, doesn't he have like fourteen children? Something really? like that. Yeah. Oh fourteen God. children. So they name their basketball what? team Sean Kemp's kids. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, and he's not done yet, I'm sure. One, a couple of years ago, Ari was in town, um, and I'm talking to him, and he said, "Hey, where's Hugo, Minnesota?" And I said, "It's kind of like a, a, it's a suburb of St. Paul and Minneapolis. Was well, it a far? Is it far to get? A long way to get there?" And I said, "No, it's not that bad. No big deal. Why do you want to go to Hugo, Minnesota?" And and by the way, Ari Shafir was in Israel uh, going to become a rabbi, and then he uh, he wanted to go see Michael J. Do you know this story, Paul, why why he decided not to be a rabbi? Uh, no. Was there an, an actual instance? Yes. Like, oh, okay. He, he, he was living in Israel. You knew that part. Right. And he was going to be a rabbi, and he wanted to go see – apparently Michael Jackson was appearing at the Wailing Wall, and he wanted to go see him – and the the school said, no, you can't go because he's a false idol. And he kind of said to himself, you know, i got to be honest with you. I don't know that I can keep going forward with this. If you think that Michael Jackson is a false idol and that people actually think he's God. Yeah. So that's why he... he uh, he switched up, but so he, he decides he's not going to be a rabbi. But uh, the reason he wanted to go to Hugo, Minnesota is because he saw an ad that a butcher shop in Hugo, Minnesota had had uh, pork sausage with gummy bears in it, bratwurst <laughs> with gummy bears yeah, in it. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like him. That's true. He wanted to drive all the way out there so he could get 
uh, bratwurst with gummy bears inside them. <laughs> that place we went to up in Cumberland or something, Louis? didn't that have stuff like that? No, it didn't have any gummy bears. No, they don't do gummy bears. They had like cranberries, blueberries, yeah. that kind of uh, stuff in it, it, but had, not like candy. Louis is great, a great joint. They had a yeah, ton he, of friggin' different He eats of- 80%. Gummy products is his diet. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that. But if you're the butcher, how stoned do you have to be to go? I'm going to put gummy bears in this. <laughs> oh, oh, be great. Almost as stoned as the people buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Very select a market. You know who's coming to town? I don't know if you know this, Paul or not, but uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, yeah, he's they coming did that in commercial May. right after I we know. had that argument. I was like, Are you guys just messing with me or what? Honest to God, Philip was so upset because Paul Morrissey really is a good basketball player. Played college basketball. You got to be good to play in college. No question about that. And he just hated the fact that you were good at basketball because of your blonde hair and your white skin. (laughs) He hated it. Well, you know, and we, we were talking about that, how, you know, as the years go by, people tend to Brian Williams it up. A little bit <laughs> with the sports and the uh, you know the knee injury as a yeah. sophomore in high school is what prevents you from turning pro. Oh, sure, right, right, right. and uh, sure. semi-pro golfer uh, <laughs> practice. I, there's like five guys that told me they're on the practice squad at like Arizona or something like that. It's of like, course, there's no practice squad. There's 15 guys on the team. Twelve of them get scholarships. They don't need extra people. Like. <laughs> It's a made-up thing. Like, actually, Ari, if you don't know, Ari went to Yeshiva University, and he was the worst. Right. He was the worst golfer in Division Three history. I bet that's true. Shot a one thirty. I think it's the highest oh. score. Oh, it, as that's like a college bad. golfer. What? And then he transferred to the University of Maryland, and he's about six three ish, maybe. Yeah. So the girls' team uh, would ask taller guys to practice against them just for like oh, no. strength and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he he actually practiced with the girls uh oh. college team. Probably made him feel good. So that's the only practice squad I know of. Um, <laughs> that. And I think you had to have sex with one of them, but I don't know. And possibly. Yeah. Just practicing. You may uh you may have been around this but I never I've I've spent uh, a lot of time around Ari Shafir. And I spent a lot of time around Joey Coco Diaz. Oh yeah, but I cannot imagine being around both of them at the same time. No, I, I that's a hurricane right there. <laughs> it yeah. really is. I went to well, I did go to Amsterdam with Ari, so oh, that's, that oh, itself God. is a little bit of you a made it back. Yeah, we went to Switzerland <clears throat> and Amsterdam, and uh, we had fun. We did find it. We we tried to center stuff mostly around food. So we we uh, there's there's these. Um, I think they're called Stroop waffles. Have you ever heard of that? It's no. like a Belgian thing. It's a basically a waffle that has the syrup baked into it, oh, and it's good. a cracker. Really? And it was it's fantastic. That sounds good. Yeah. Mm. That is unbelievable. What's it called? <laughs> a Stroop Stroop waffle. Stroop. You're making that up as you go no, no. along. That sounds like something that they would eat. It's it's good, <laughs> and they had raclette, which is like. Uh, melted cheese, kind of like oh, uh, ricolettes or yeah. Oh, and this is here's here's your my all time favorite. We're in Switzerland. There they have these um, uh, baguettes, you know, yeah. cut them in half. They have a let's say you have a spike about the size of a hot dog. They put the spike in the baguette. They put a hot dog in there, 
So that's that's their Swiss hot dog. But instead of the hot dog, they mix up a wine and cheese mixture in a pan, pour it in the baguette. It hardens, so it's like a giant one-foot uh, mozzarella stick. It's un- unbelievable. Yeah. Really? That I have never heard of before. I want to eat that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said they're known for chocolate, but I think the cheese, yeah, they step up their game. Well, Swiss cheese. It's the yep. fanciest. It has holes. It's good stuff. You know, i got to ask holes. you a question. <laughs> so. Now, Paul, how, okay. how tall are you? 5'9". You're 5'9". Mm-hmm. What's it like to be 5'9", and then you're in a country where there are these beautiful blonde women who are all like (laughs) 6'2"? It's very nice. You feel like you can settle in. (laughs) It's very nice. I could stay here. The the flight attendants on KLM, it's unbelievable. They're all these very attractive, but they're all like 6'2". It's amazing. I don't know if they're all (laughs) 6'2". They're pretty tall. You have to be at least 6 feet tall to be a KLM stewardess. That's the uh, well known fact. It's, it's very old school. Yeah, as soon Pan as you Am. start you, losing the looks, they send you right to the front desk in the airport. They don't let you on the plane anymore. <laughs> no. You cannot deal face to face with the customers. You need to fit through the aisle. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Fitting through the aisle is a good thing. But right. so, yeah, I just going to Amsterdam with Ari Shafir, what a man, that had been unbelievable. And the funniest thing was uh, we had this moment where we we're going into a nightclub. And it wasn't a nightclub, just a bar, I guess. And there's a huge, huge uh, African, like, black bouncer, but, like, from Africa and was speaking with an accent. Mm -hmm. And as we're walking in, he said hello to me. And then as Ari walks in, he goes, Shalom, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Ari can't pass for anything but what he is. And that's the thing. It's like normally that would be... Overstepping the bounds, maybe. Yeah. How do you know the guy's Jewish? Well, there's no chance that Ari's not. Jewish. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He's as Jewish looking as you can be. Yes. There is, Dad. You're right. There's no question about it that Ari Shafir is a Jew. No. No getting around it. Probably. Yeah. I mean, you know, now you do you do a podcast yourself? Yes, the Alley Podcast. And who's on that? I've had uh, Jim Gaffigan, Larry Miller. Phenomenal. Todd Marinovich. Todd Marinovich? Yeah. Well, that's going back now. We're going deep. He's well, I love those about... 30 for 30s. Have you ever seen? I love 30 those? for 30. Oh, my gosh. My, my husband is obsessed you know, Paul, with 30 there's... for 30. <laughs> oh, oh the 30 for 30s are great. They are. And another thing's great is a football life. Have you watched those on the NFL channel? No, I don't get the oh, NFL channel. God, it's fabulous. There's one on, uh, on uh, I brought this up the other day, on, on, um, Jesus, it's Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers. It is unbelievable. Okay, how great it is! If you get a chance to watch it, two of the classiest guys ever born. Man, it's a great. And if you love Thirty for Thirty, you will love a football life on the NFL Channel. Is everything in slow motion. Pretty much. Yes, <laughs> yes, pretty much is. Those NFL films, everyone's just going. A lot so of kettle drums. You got a lot. That's true. A lot of kettle drums, and then you got. Uh, John Facenda doing the voiceover, so yeah, exactly. But no, it, it it's uh, it's great stuff. Yeah, thirty for thirties. Those are Todd Marinovich. By the way, Paul Marcy just brought up Todd Marinovich. Marinovich was basically put in football boot camp from the minute he was born by his father. Yeah, it was an experiment, basically. I mean, yes. his, his dad was basically the first strength and conditioning coach. Like they didn't even believe right. that oh. for the Raiders. Yeah. And so he basically brought his kid through his program from year really? two or whatever. So yeah. he never had fast food. 
diet was completely controlled. He would, you know, run miles, like, back and forth to, you know, to school when he was, like, seven or eight years Wasn't old. Wasn't this kid a little suspicious when he <laughs> I'm a science experiment. <laughs> what the hell's going on, Dad? Well, he loved football, and uh, he ended up being, like, a great – I mean, it was a, he was a – quarterback at USC and right. was a first round draft pick and was a quarterback for the Raiders but then he just flamed out at what 22 maybe and yeah, became right. a heroin addict and joined a band and oh, yep. yeah yeah it was pretty really much a, every child prodigy I mean child prodigy is not a good thing in the long term no it really isn't if you uh, peak early I mean there's some there's a reason so many child actors are all screwed up yeah, yeah I don't know what's not good for you. Gotta take heroin early. Is the yeah, game. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Gotta take heroin early. But I remember the first few games that Marinovich played in, and you thought, God, this guy's gotta be great. He's gotta be wonderful. But he just, you could tell by looking at him on the sidelines, he just didn't want to be there. And he was still partying. Like, that That was, he was yeah. like the, uh, the uh, you know, he was the backup quarterback. So, like, all these guys would be getting ready for the game, and he'd go out the night before. And well, he right. didn't have a childhood. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So is he, is Paul, is he okay now? Yeah, he's like an, uh, he's an artist. He was living up in Oregon uh, just doing art and has a couple kids, I think. Really? And, uh, and then had, had a better relationship with his dad now. I think his dad even kind of toned it down. A bit and kind of enjoying life because that's got to be tough too. Even yeah, don't let him get his mitts on the grandkids. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. If I had only pushed harder, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Do you yeah. even let your kids see a football at that point? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it ruined my life. <laughs> no, I mean he must have been a fascinating guest. He must have been a great guest. Well, I think it's it it, it wasn't as controlled. You know, like uh, I I don't think he can be as. I think he's cleaned up and he's married and has a couple of kids and I think he's trying to live this straight and narrow right mm-hmm. now. So normal life. I think I think because this this is a guy that's got some stories. I mean, he was basically well. This is when the Raiders were in L.A. too. Uh, so right, he was right. like he was a starting quarterback in L.A. for USC. Yeah, which is the same stadium that the Raiders play in. Right. So he's basically a pro quarterback in L.A. So he's partying with. Like Nirvana was big back then. I think he was hanging out right. with Guns N' Roses, uh, like in college. Oh, so geez. it's like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I think he's got a lot of great stories that because he's married, he probably can't tell. So <laughs> really, so he just doesn't tell the story. Oh. Yeah, I think he's moving on from that. No romanticizing the uh, the past. Yeah, I could see well, that. No Robert Evans movie for him. <laughs> yeah, I suppose not. But Jim Gaffigan is a terrific guest. He's just a yeah. great guy. First of all. College um, football player. A lot of people don't know that. Did he really? Where did he play? He played at, uh, I forget the, was it Vanderbilt or, forget the first school, and then he transferred to Georgetown. He and his brother <laughs> both played at Georgetown. They have a football team at yeah. Georgetown? They do. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Don't tell Jim I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're very impressive. You know, but you were right earlier. I was laughing like hell because guys in their sports stories or, or sports bullshit is what it is. Yeah, it it is the stuff that they make up. It's just hilarious. I was this close to being the. I would have been better than Hank Aaron. Yeah, okay. yeah well, we started talking about how it's usually like an actor. Like, as, you know, remember, like, yeah. Charlie Sheen? They're like, oh, he could have been a minor league right. pitcher. It's like, oh, yes. no, come on. Like, I know. I th- he threw his arm out in 10th grade. That's where he's... 
Yeah. <laughs> You'd have to stay sober long enough to throw a ball. No, yeah. yeah. Well, but that's what I was talking to your, your buddy there, because I don't think Kevin Hart even played in high school. So it's no. like, you know, this girl who's in middle school or whatever that schooled him. <laughs> if you look up, there's this clip of this... 14-year-old girl just, like, disposing of him. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not too hard. Uh, that's not good news. If you want to come across as a, I could have been a great basketball player, like and a that. 13-year-old girl kicks your ass. Yeah, yeah. Not generally good news. Not at all. But, you know, you do your best, I suppose. It all works out. We talked about they try to claim that Prince was a fabulous basketball player. It's bullshit. He's Are like you five not just two. confusing reality with the Chappelle show? Yeah, I would. I yeah, would, uh, he was on the Chappelle show. That is reality. And he played basketball. It's and funny. We were, uh, well, you were talking about Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was my, so I one time I went to Vegas and they were doing this Tiger Woods charity show that he did every year, which yeah. it turns yeah. out that's where he was banging all the. Um, oh, yeah, nice. I think it was one of the places yeah. he was banging all that. But I mean, the Vegas, he had like the secret bungalow behind one of those casinos or something. Oh, God. So it was like Conan O'Brien hosted this thing, Tiger Jam is what they called it. So like right, the right. Counting Crows played and then uh, Stevie Wonder comes on. And then just like out of the Chappelle show, out of nowhere, Prince just starts playing a guitar like from the side. Really? And he plays like two songs with him and then he just disappears. And even Stevie Wonder's like, is Prince still here? Is Prince still here? <laughs> really That's nice. Terrible. So it was just like a, a magician, you know? There's you know the smoke, guy, and there he is. The guy I really regret that I've never spent any time with was Rick James. He must have been something. <laughs> I mean, that guy must have been something. Because In the 70s, that's for talk, sure. Talking about drug addiction. Yeah, talking about cocaine's a hell of a drug. Remember he said that on the Chappelle show? Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. But he was the one who said, and I, you know, that's a pretty famous story, but he came on the Grammys and Grace Jones was wearing this hat that was like six feet wide. Oh, yeah. Remember how Grace used to go way yeah. over the top? Mm-hmm. Rick James walks out on stage on national television, looks at Grace Jones and says, Stevie Wonder. You should see this hat that Grace Jones has on. <laughs> oh, no. Good luck to the Minnesota Golden Gophers on this weekend's final four. What? Where? That'll do it for this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. As always, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. Monroe Martin, Kristen Burt, Doc Basham, the Hackmaster, and Paul Morrissey. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.